Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me as ever is Callum. Tonight it's a full show. We'll speak everything Hibs, Hearts, Edinburgh City and matters from our Edinburgh-based teams in the Lone League. Callum, we'll start with uh, Hibernian as they, they faced up against Dundee last weekend. A great three points and it puts Hibs third in the league. Yeah, we were saying that Hibs sort of needed to get three points up in uh, Dundee. And what a performance to get them. I was slightly worried that Hibs would be the team that would eventually give Dundee their first points of the season. But thankfully it wasn't and some result. Yeah, fantastic performance actually. Neil Lennon came out after the game, Calum, and said it was the most complete performance he's had as as Hibs manager. Yeah, one of one of. One of. Yeah, it was first half, you know, in the first half, Callum, it was I wouldn't say it was maybe even, but it was more even. Uh, both teams had sort of half chances, a couple of shots from Dundee wide. Yeah, Horgan had a decent decent header, maybe could have done a little bit better. They had a shout for a penalty. It was definitely a dive though. Yeah, hundred percent it was a dive. They got a dive. Uh, sorry, they died for a penalty in the corresponding fixture last season when Hibs drew one all there. Mm-hmm. And it was an absolute stonewall dive. Cannot believe that it was given. Tom Daly would have been proud of it. <laughs> and um, cost Hibs a game one all. But thankfully, the referee saw through it and Hibs were able to power on in the second half. Yeah, I mean, the second half was just absolute dominance, wasn't it? Uh, started off well in the second half. You know, Camberry's good shot off the bar. Uh, then Whitaker's decent effort following up from that. Keeper makes a decent save, but the first goal, Callum, it was a a good goal. It was a really nice, really nice goal from Hibbs. Nice movement. Boyle then plays to Camberry, and he just gets the deftest of touches to knock it past Parish in the goals, and gets just enough on it uh, to put it into the bottom corner. And it's good to see that he's back amongst the goals. That's six for the season now, and he's sort mm-hmm. of really kicking on. Yeah, I was actually really impressed with that goal. Take, you know, speaking about the finish, great little finish. Uh, just reacts to it, sort of just flicks it past uh, Parish. But it's actually a long ball forward initially from Dundee, but Hanlon could easily just header that forward, but he takes it to the chest. And then he does that diagonal to Boyle. Boyle with a great touch. Uh, and then a lovely little side, a little slip pass through to Canberra. So all round, a really decent decent goal from Hibs. Didn't take long for, for Hibs to get, to get the second, Callum, and, and really sort of, put through their, their, their dominance on the game. Uh, Ambrose, a lovely little ball through and, and Boyle with a great running finish. Yeah, really good finish. When Martin Boyle's on his game, that's the sort of thing that he can produce. The problem is that I think a lot of his fans will agree with me is they, those moments are sort of few and far between. He does have that ability, but there are a lot of times when he gets into those positions where he might make the wrong decision and overhit a cross or a shot his team or maybe high and wide. So it's brilliant when he does do that, but a little bit more consistency would see him sort of propelled into the Scotland squad, which has been talked about this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think do you think there's a real possibility that he could get a call-up? Or do you think this is just... If I'm honest, at this moment in time, I would say no. I don't think he is doing enough to want a call-up to the Scotland squads. I think he definitely has attributes that Scotland would uh, look for, but... Too inconsistent. Far too inconsistent. And yeah. is, he, is he the best option at that sort of right wing with the players that aren't getting a game for Scotland? Your Matt Ritchie's, your Robert Snodgrass's. So mm. I'm not sure. I don't think he's quite there yet to get a call up for Scotland. And even if you're talking about Scotland playing a sort of three five two, if he's playing wing, you know, going to play wing back, 
you know, he's got potentially what the boy O'Donnell Kelly played last time, uh, Callum Parson as well. So, uh, uh, in that sort of wing back area, I can't honestly say that, that he maybe. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of competition there for him. Uh, but back back to the game, Callum. Hibbs wrapped it up sort of fairly late on. Agupom getting his first goal for the club. Yeah, really nice finish. As I was saying last week, he is some player. Mm-hmm. Very, very direct. He showed it on Saturday against Dundee. Did the same when he came off the bench against Aberdeen. And really nice finish. Very similar to Boyles hitting that far corner. But he is some player. Really, really exciting to watch. Yeah, it was a great goal. Really great goal. Very great acceleration. You know, he squares mm-hmm. up the, the Dundee uh, defender. Does a little step over. A little bit of body movement, but his acceleration two or three yards to get past the defender and finishes it really well. And and hopefully that that sort of continues continues over the over the course of the season. Because if you sort of compare him to maybe Brandon Barker, Barker didn't score enough goals. No, Barker's first goal for Hibs I think came against Motherwell uh, after the <clears throat> sorry the winter break. Mm-hmm. It was in Canberra's first game. Hibs won two one and. I've Fairly certain that was Barker's first goal. So, yeah, it definitely took him a while to get on the score sheet. But Barker was a very good player for Hibs. But I am very much enjoying the way that Agupong has hit the ground running and he's very much looking like a player. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it is, like you say, brilliant that he's got him. Got, got his season up and running. Hopefully gives him gives him the confidence. He's a little set back during the week. We'll speak about that. But in terms of his goal scoring and, and, and normal time, not from the spot, it's been a... It's been a good start. Aye, it's been class. So yeah, overall, Callum, a, a dominant, a dominant display from Hibs away performance, and and you were saying actually surprisingly it's Hibs first away win for some time. It is. It's the first away win since the third of February at Ibrox, where Hibs won two one. But in that time, there's Hibs have only played seven away fixtures. Okay. So and in that time, there's been five draws and two defeats. So it's one of those you look at. It, yes, they haven't won away for so long, but. They haven't played that many games away from home. And also, you take into account that should have won against St. Johnston, but Marciano has a rush of blood to the head, gets himself sent off, and Hibs hang on for 80-odd minutes with 10 men. And mm-hmm. then, unfortunately, right at the death, St. Johnston's the uh, late equaliser. There yeah. was the Livingston defeat in there, which was pretty unacceptable. Yeah. St. Johnston won this the, season. Yeah, St. Johnston draw, and then McLaren misses a penalty at the Tawdry for a nil-nil draw. So, Hibs despite having not won away uh, from home since the 3rd of February, they have certainly been in games. and But it's definitely something that they need to rectify because a lot of the games that I've mentioned, they should have won. They were 2 all up at Kilmarnock and didn't see that game out. So it's been a, If you look at the season, Cam, so far for Hibs, in terms of the league, it's been a bit of a, a, bit of a slow start yeah. as our sort of first 11 starts to maybe come back now. Uh, you know, we're sitting third in the league. So yeah. it's not been a shocking start, you know. Absolutely not. I think Hibs Hibs will now start to motor a little bit. The bigger players in the squad are coming back to full fitness, and it's it's looking good. There's favourable fixtures like we were saying last week coming up. You know, St Mirren on Saturday there. That's realistically should be another three points, and then it's Hamilton the week after. So mm-hmm. Hibs should be looking between the international breaks to be taking twelve from twelve. If we just go to that game just now, before we touch on the Aberdeen game that was last night, if we just look ahead to, to somebody in this weekend, Callum, you know, you've, you've got to follow up last week's away result with an away win this weekend, the Paisley, yeah? Absolutely. I think 
sort of touching on the Aberdeen game, Hibs created far too many chances that they had, uh, so many chances that they had enough to win all three of the games this week that they were playing. But mm. unfortunately, couldn't take any last night. But if they create the amount of chances against St Mirren, they will put one away. They will take advantage. St Mirren are not nowhere near as good as Aberdeen are defensively. So I genuinely expect Hibs to go through there and a similar result to what they did against uh, Dundee. I suppose the only maybe concern regards to in this weekend, you, know, you you look at, in terms of the recent results, Callum, they go from a 0-0 draw against Celtic. Uh, then they get beat last week comfortably from, from Hamilton 3-0. But again, probably, you know, when you play against Celtic, you know you're not going to have a lot of the ball. It's easier to maybe, for maybe a team like Sitmarin, just to sit in, you know, you know a sort of 4-5-1 defend deep I, I, I probably presume they're going to probably play a similar type game against Hibs on Saturday and look to maybe break whereas maybe when they play against Hamilton they maybe try to change it a little bit so perhaps I yeah. think looking at St Mirren I think the draw with Celtic came with a sort of new manager bounce yeah. the new manager came in they wanted to impress and the first half of that game St Mirren actually created a few chances they didn't look too badly as soon as Celtic went down to 10 men, St Mirren's bottle went. They just decided to shut up shop and take that point. I don't un- quite understand it. Yeah. Because they, they wanted to go toe-to-toe with Celtic when they had 11 men on the park. But as soon as they went down to 10, they were more than happy to accept Self, the point. So yeah. it's a weird one. I think they were brought right back down to earth after getting parked 3-0 off Hamilton last week. So, again, Hibs should be going through there and putting them away. Yeah. We've already touched on it sort of uh, briefly over the course of speaking about Hibs Cam, but last night there was the, the quarter final uh, in the League Cup there, Callum. It was a 0-0 after extra time against Aberdeen. We go out on penalties. Um, it's a game we really should have won, though. And, and not just normal time, over extra time. It's disappointing. I didn't see all of it, unfortunately, but from what I've heard, Hibs dominated and then from, from where I picked the game up with sort of half an hour to go in normal time, Hibs were by far the better team. It just Aberdeen proving yet again that they're a gang. They came there <laughs> to part the bus. They just, they offered very little until I think an extra time they actually had a couple of opportunities which they should have taken advantage of. But other than that, they are still so brutal. I just, I don't understand how anyone can get excited about watching them. And the fact that Hibs have uh, gone out of the competition last night for them, that's a really poor result because it's a chance to get back to Hamden where, yeah, realistically, you're probably looking at either facing Hearts, Rangers or Celtic because I think those are the three teams that will come through tonight. But getting back to Hamden, Hibs have been at Hamden every season apart from 2014 for the last six years. It's... Mm. A frightening record, and now it's it's just a bit of a waste, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a. I'm going to speak about this more when, when we probably speak about Hearts, but with the teams that are going to be in that semi-final potentially that, that you speak about, two of those teams, the you know the Celtic Rangers are going to have probably eyes on other competitions. You know they've got Europa League to think about. You know the league season's wide open, so there's. A, you know, potentially, you know, it's going to be tight. So are their eyes going to be in the league? Are their eyes going to be on the Europa League? This is a real opportunity. And with the final being in November, Callum, it's an opportunity potentially to, to, to win the tournament for the likes of Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen. Well, the thing is, 
or would it be for him? Celtic, <laughs> Celtic and Rangers are in Europe the Thursday before the semi-finals are due to be played. Right. So unless they draw each other, well, obviously that is to say if they go through, they've yeah. got St Johnston and Air United respectively. I'm fairly certain that they'll be able to dispatch both of them. But unless they draw each other, then you will have the prospect yeah. of one of the old firm playing Thursday, uh, Saturday. So mm-hmm. whoever's coming up against that team, what an opportunity you've got. Well, because they won't have had that much time to recover. Well, and it's just, yeah. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity missed for Hibs. And hopefully Hearts don't make the same mistake tonight. They really need to take advantage of it, beat Motherwell and progress in the competition. Yeah. Disappointing. However, if we look at the league, hopefully Hibs can can bounce back from the, I suppose, the relative disappointment during the week there and, and get back to, to winning ways yeah, in mean, the league. Hibs, Hibs always struggle against steady teams in cup competitions, so that's why that's why Aberdeen have got the result there. <laughs> if we move on to, to Hearts Callum, there was a potential of them going six from six. They faced off against Livingston. I said it was I think it was going to be a, a tight game. I thought Hearts would, would come through, but the physicality of Livingston would be an issue for Hearts. But it was a missed opportunity for, for the for the Gorgie side and probably a game they should have won, but it was a nil-nil draw. Huge missed opportunity. I'll be honest, sat here last week saying that I expected Hearts to take two or three off Livingston, although I did say that Uchi would play a huge part in that. He was obviously missing, which was a big blow to Hearts, but they had the opportunities, they had the chances, they really should have put Livy to bed. And yeah, on the face of it, it's a poor result, drawn with Livingston, but at the end of the weekend, Hearts have lost no ground. They're Mm. still sitting five points clear, you know, they're still going to be top when they play Rangers which in a couple of weeks, which could be an absolutely fantastic game on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of context is required with where Hearts are because 16 from 18, you'd be biting your hand off for yeah. that. So it's a bloody start. Yeah, I know it's a little bit disappointing drawing with Livingston, but you're still top of the league. You've not lost any ground. Kelly beating Celtic, huge favour. So it's still a very good sign. Yeah. To look through the game, Callum, uh, the first real opportunity, Jimmy Dunn headers off off the crossbar. He probably should do a little bit better, do you think? A little bit, yeah. He probably should be getting over it, but that was the way Hart started. They came at the blocks, looked looked on looked to get on the front foot early doors, and I think it was one of those. Well, I mean, that's an early chance. It's all right. There'll be another one along soon, and we'll put that one away. Yeah, I don't think there's really many clear-cut opportunities to talk about other than in the first half, other than probably the the, the penalty shout or the penalty that was given, should I say. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's probably a dive. Callum, what are your thoughts? I don't know if it's a dive. Maybe Stephen McLean's just very intelligently gone, but it's not a penalty for me. I, I didn't see much contact trying to be kind and say it wasn't a dive but I didn't think it was a penalty so you could say justice was done with the with a save from Kelly but Naismith should be putting that away it's a poor penalty Callum we, we actually said he got away with it uh, against St Mirren, against yeah. St Mirren. he's gone the other, other way but it was almost identical no, it's, not, it's not hit hard enough it's not in the corner no. if you look at uh, Slivka's penalty last night that's that's how you take a penalty that was top corner absolutely outstanding or if you look at any of the Aberdeen penalties before someone says we're being biased <laughs> uh, I think it's it's a huge chance and if Hearts had got that goal at the time 
yeah. it would have been perfect to go in at half-time one nil up. Absolutely. I, I, I was going to say that. It's probably that... It sounds bad how Bill Naismith started, but it's probably actually cost Harch. I think you're right. I think if Harch had scored that penalty, they'd probably have kicked on and maybe come away with maybe a 2-3-0 a two, probably. Yeah. Um, but second half, Calm, there, there was further chances for Harch, but there was a big chance for Livingston. You know, Zlamo makes a great save, a great sort of block save from Pittman, but from Pittman, but Harch were, were very open. It was a, they were well, very it's, open. It's from a corner, so... But it's a fantastic break from Livingston. Great opportunity. Pittman has to score. I think Menga should play him in earlier, though. There was a time... Okay. M- Menga delays it, delays it. So by the time he passes it to Pittman, by the time Pittman's taken one touch, he's right in the edge of the box and Slamel's charging out. Slamel yeah. does great to close yeah, the angle. fantastic goal. But there's one moment... There's one moment when, when the first shot goes to Menga and it takes maybe 10 yards. He looks up. If he slides at that moment, I don't know who the centre-half is or the defender for Hearts is, but... If he'd played it in that moment, Pittman's probably got 30 yards into running at goal. So he's probably delayed it too much. But it just concerned me the openness to go from corner to hearts to a one-on-one at the other end. But you see you see that constantly. If player, if teams commit so many bodies into the box for a corner, they know that Livingston are physical. So I don't see that as something that will happen every game because realistically, if it was... We would have been speaking about it already. And Livingston only were able to do it once. They've just managed to get a lucky break of the ball. And, yeah, it's a great break from them. They really should have taken advantage of it. Considering Pittman's finish against Hibs a couple of weeks hmm. ago, I genuinely thought he would have. But it's a fantastic goalkeeper from Islamo to come uh, it's, it's, You're right. He's, uh, he's just, he's, his, timing, his timing was everything there from Islamo. He's out too early. Pittman can probably dink, it over dink him, maybe take it around them. But he sort of waited to come out. So when Pittman takes that touch, initially he looks up, Zamel's probably on his six-yard line, so he's thinking it about take to take a touch. By the time he's looked back up, Zamel's a yard away from him, two yards away from him. And it's a it's a really good save. So you know, Zlamos had a great start to the season. It's probably not we've probably not spoke about it enough. He's done really well since he's came in. Absolutely, yeah. For a guy that again mentioned last week how many of heart signings you've heard of and you know, a guy that's coming with some pretty big gloves to fill in John McLaughlin because yeah. Hearts were desperate to keep him. Yeah. And he's fitted in seamlessly. He's been a breath of fresh air. Just fantastic goalkeeper. He's just rock solid. And the fact that we don't speak about him is probably a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. it shows that there's a good defence in front of him. But also, he's just doing everything like, yeah. that he normally would. So he's just going about his business without having to pull off the ridiculous save for the cameras and everything. He's yeah. just very solid. Yeah, done really well. There was further chances for Hearts, Callum. I suppose that the real chance. There was a header that got glanced wide after a Morrison cross. Probably should have should have done better. Uh, but the last one, the last big chance was was a shot that deflected it, and again it goes off the crossbar. Great yeah. defending, was, but on another yeah. day that goes in. Again, yeah, it's just. It's just a little bit unlucky for Steve McLean. He gets enough on it, but it's brilliant defending from Livingston. They're willing to throw anything to maintain a clean sheet. And then the way it rebounds, it just falls perfectly for Livingston to clear. And oh, It was unlucky for Hearts, but to put it in the context, as I said earlier, still top of the league, still five points clear, yeah. still firing on all cylinders. You know, it's... Reports at full full time, Callum. There was there was there was people booing at full time. I mean, that's embarrassing. That that I think. I mean, I saw a couple of tweets online, basically, of Hearts fans saying that they'd rather be 
in at, at, at Tiny with you know 13,000 proper Hearts fans mm. instead of having the eighteen thousand crowds where you've got the sort of day trippers, the hangers on, <laughs> the the glory hunting Hearts fans. You know, it's like oh, when was your last game, the twenty twelve Cup final? You know, those sort of Hearts <laughs> fans. You know that are just coming along when the team's doing well. So they see a game against Livingston, they're going to boo. But the Hearts fans that are season ticket holders and everything, they're, they're going to sit there and be like, okay, yeah, it was a poor result, but let's not get too despondent about this. Still sitting five points clear, still top of the league. I think there's been worse starts to the season for Hearts. Oh, absolutely. I, I, for me, I put it down to what, one of those days, games. you know, you miss, yeah. you miss a penalty, you hit the crossbar twice. They easily all go in. You come with 3-0 and it's, hey, hey, we're 6 from 6. Talking about one of those days games last night, Hibs against Aberdeen. Yeah. How many chances did Hibs miss? Fair enough, they didn't miss it. Well, they did miss two penalties, actually. But it was yeah. those those chances. On another day, they'll take them. I mean, Motherwell tonight, I wouldn't like to be them because I think Hearts will get it right tonight. It'll click and they'll fire through to the semi-finals. Goes on nicely, Callum. Hearts be Motherwell tonight in the League Cup quarter-final. They've not won it since 1963, is that right? Fairly Something like that. 60s, 60s anyway. Uh, I think after last night's result, Callum, Hibs going out, it's probably given Hearts real ammunition now to to potentially get themselves into a cup final, if I'm being honest. Well, realistically, it's an absolute buy if they get Aberdeen. Because <laughs> obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves, they have to beat Motherwell first. But if they get Aberdeen, Hearts are in the League Cup final. So you, you feel expecting to come through tonight? 100%. I think that they will. I think having watched Hearts Motherwell already this season, Hearts were the better team that night, so oh sorry that afternoon. Yeah, they they had a poor first half hour, but they battled back into the game and they were dominant for the the remaining time. I think they'll that home they'll be looking to put that right f- from Saturday, so yeah. they will be looking to get that result. And it is it's a huge opportunity to get back to Hamden. Hearts haven't been at Hamden since 2013 when they got beat off St Mirren in the League Cup final. So mm. it's one of those things that a day out at Hamden for these fans is something that they want. And if they get Aberdeen, there'll be another one in November. But as we've <laughs> and as we've touched on, if it is Celtic and Rangers that go through, we've already spoke about speaking about it earlier when we spoke about Hibs. But it's going to be a time when Celtic Rangers are going to have Europa League games. Yeah, so again, it's a re- it's a real opportunity to get to a cup final. You can have Celtic or Rangers on the Saturday, half twelve kickoff, and they've played Thursday night at eight o'clock. So <laughs> that is a huge opportunity. You're oh, sitting huge. there, and <clears throat> you can definitely take advantage. Hearts have already proven this season that they've got enough to beat yep. Celtic, and Celtic are weaker than they were then. So and Rangers, well, we'll see in a couple of weeks how good they are. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, totally agree. Cal this weekend in the league, they face uh, St Johnston, and you know St Johnston last weekend they lost out heavily to Rangers five one, a bit of a doing, and Hearts at home to St Johnston, I feel like expect three points. Yeah, right. St Johnston have too many ex Hibs players in their team for this not to be a home win. Really, it's. I just think. Well, I said it last week that I thought Hearts would win their next three fixtures in uh, at Tynecastle. So I was wrong with Livingston getting a draw on Saturday, but I fully expect them to win tonight. I fully expect them to beat St Johnston on Saturday. Yeah, looking at the sort of past results, Callum, 
in terms of last season, it was three home games for, for Hearts against St. Johnson, three wins, no goals conceded. You know, uh, have Hearts improved? Yes, absolutely. St. Johnson, I would probably say... They're probably level. Probably the same. Yeah. So when you look at that, comparing that, St. Johnston, they lost heavily last weekend. I, I do fully expect a, a comfortable win uh, for Hearts. And, you know, what would it be? Seven, six wins from the first seven games or something. You yeah, know, it'd, it'd be, be fantastic return. An incredible start. A real incredible start. And if we move on, Calm, speaking about six wins from the first seven, it's something Ember City managed last. That was a lovely segue. That was. That was, that was really well done. <laughs> that wasn't actually planned that way, but it does link in nicely, Cal. Edinburgh City last weekend, they faced off, they were in Ham, at Hamden to face uh, Queen's Park. We spoke about if they're on their game properly, uh, they don't get the, don't let the occasion get to them. We fully expect them to get three points. And by, you know, they certainly done that. Yeah. It was, My words, they certainly done that. It's another fantastic result. What we were saying last week, don't play the occasion, play the game. They certainly did that. Looking back at some of the highlights, they were, well, to be fair, Craig Thompson was zinging Diag 60 yards, but he's got the ability. So that's that's not a problem. It's if Mark Laird was trying to do it, that yeah. would be the problem. <laughs> but they were, they were just brilliant again. It was a very mature performance. It, it looked like a routine win for Edinburgh City. A sort of, yeah. a team that is used to being at the top end of the league, going away from home, and they know they're going to win the game, and it's just, they, they'll get the two goals, and, you know, they'll just win the game. It's very solid, mature, and confident performance from Edinburgh City. I don't know if it was maybe the size of the pitch, the, the surface they were playing on, but for me, that was as good a performance I've seen Edinburgh City this season in terms of their ability in the ball. They passed yes. that ball around really well on they Saturday. They were fantastic. Yeah. They used it very well. Probably the size, as I said, the size of the pitch, giving players more space, the surface you're playing on. Yeah, it can go to people's heads, but it really played to Ember's city strengths. Well, the thing is, they've got guys in the team that have played at a certain level, yeah. you know, that have played on the bigger parts. You know, Danny Hedlund's been there for hips, you know. Um, Conrad Bellatoni's played on a decent level. Yeah. You know, Laird... Laird's played at Wembley. Exactly. So he knows... <laughs> that he, he's played playoff finals at Wembley. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he got the Sports Club man of the match on Saturday. So he must have done something, mate. Yeah. If you look at look back at, at the goals, Callum, it's a, it's a double for, for Graham Taylor, something he'll really be happy with. Uh, but if you look at the first goal, Shepard gets to the byline, he cuts it back. Taylor takes one touch. And it's a, it's a good finish, but it's, it's not the best defender. I don't understand how much time... Taylor's got in the middle of the Queen's Park box there. I think I could have scored with that amount <laughs> of uh, space. But before before Shepard gets the box, an absolutely outstanding ball from Lairdy down the wing yep. to find Shepard in that amount of space. And just say he used the space so well yep. on Saturday. And it just, everything sort of fit into place. And like you were saying, it was one of the most impressive performances of the season. Yeah, definitely. Second goal, Callum, and it's, it's a great goal. Taylor picks it up, maybe 30 yards some goal roughly, we dribble forward and, and what a finish off the left foot. It's an absolute raker. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some fantastic goals at Hamden and that's right up there. That is what a strike. Yeah. He just takes that, gets it out of his feet with his first touch and his second touch, that's only going one place. What an absolute strike from Taylor. He's probably, he lying in bed on Friday night before that game, he could not have dreamed of a goal like you know, a goal like that at hand in National Stadium to zing one in from 25 yards right into the sort of top corner. That's incredible. It's one of those ones that you 
How many times is he going to show that to his grandkids? Oh, <laughs> every single week. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things. They'll um, he deserves to because it's an absolute outstanding finish. He's been brilliant this month for say, yeah. and the last few weeks he's been assisting. You know, he's been putting the balls into the box for Henderson, and he got he assisted Smith down at East Kilbride. But mm-hmm. it's about timing. Uh, went from provider to scorer yeah. and he took his goals very, very well. Yeah. And it could have been more. You know, Blair Henderson, he spoke about he wanted to, you know, to put the hoodie of Hamden uh, to bed, hadn't scored there. He was unlucky, hit the post. Uh, it, was a, it was a shock he didn't score with, with, with the way he's going, but he was unlucky not to do so. And Ember said a couple of shouts of penalties. I think they should definitely have had one. The second one on Shepard is a stonewaller. It is I for me. He goes. He, he, it's a really nice play. He gets away from the boy and he just holds him up. It's a stonewaller for me. I don't understand how it's not given. And looking back at the highlights, City were just no, dominant. dominant. Yeah, dominant. 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 This weekend, Callum, they've got to back that, this good performance up this weekend. They've yeah. got to, when you go away to the National Stadium, you pick up a good three points. You've had, you know, you're on a great run. When you then play second bottom, Cowden uh, Beef at home this weekend. This has to be three points. Yeah, you've got to you've got to keep this. You can't have results against Peterhead and Clyde. You know, mean nothing if you drop points this weekend against Cowden Beef. Well, yeah, it's not just the fact that they've got to back this result up um, after beating Queens Park. It's the fact that now teams will be looking at Edinburgh City sitting top of the league, going, "Well, we want to beat you." That's yeah. it's that sort of Cowden Beef and Edinburgh City were involved in the scrap yes. to see who went down last season. Yeah, and, and the season before that. Yeah, so you look at where Kevin and Beath are right now and you look at where they're sitting and I can tell you there's probably a few envious glances towards them. Can so Kevin and Beath will be looking to sort of put City back in their place a little bit. But if City play like they can, there's only one winner this weekend. Yeah, Kevin and Beath have... They wanted this season... They wanted to be away from this part of the league this season. They were... That's two seasons in a row they've been in the in the relegation playoffs. Um, I actually think they've signed really well in, in forward areas. They've got they signed the boy John Sheeran. Uh, he's so far this season he's scored sort of four goals. He's in decent form. But they've also brought they've also brought in uh, Chris Renton back. Really? Yeah, they've got Chris Renton back. So he was at Cowdenbeath uh, two seasons ago. I think he was at Alloa last season. Didn't quite didn't quite work out that way. But it's another player that's six foot plus has scored goals at this level two seasons ago for Cowdenbeath. And they've also got David Cox as well. Uh, they brought him back from from Forfar. He was on loan last season. Uh, he's a player that's played at a very good level. So they've got good players in forward areas. They really wanted to, Gary Boland's a manager, they really wanted to, you know, keep it tight in the back. They've got a good goalkeeper. Um, but they, they wanted to score more goals. So Balotoni is going to have the defence are going to have to be on their toes. They're going to have to keep counting beef out. Surprising that I mentioned McIntyre there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's a you know it's a game really for me. Ember City they have to back. They have to keep a clean sheet. They have to defend well. And if they do that, I, I do fancy them to, to come a, to come away with three points. I think they'll win. Yeah. So it could well be you know what with seven wins from eight. So an unbelievable start and uh, yeah. Could have several league flags flying in Edinburgh next season. <laughs> Yeah, so we wish them all the best and, and hopefully come come uh, next week it will be City still top of the league. Okay, so we'll move on to the teams in the Lowland League now. 
uh, Andrew managed to get the thoughts of civil service captain Mark McConnell after their 2-0 draw with Forres in the Scottish Cup at the weekend. And we'll let you have a listen to that now. Thank you for joining me, Mark. Uh, after the, the long trip up to Forres, you got off to an excellent start. How delighted were you when you when you took the lead after after so little gone in the game? Yeah, I think it was a great start. We started well on the front foot. Um, the way Gary likes to play, we like to, we've got centre, we like to get right at teams. And um, I think we've done that. And um, I think the goal was probably deserved at that period of time because we, we were on the front foot and I think Forrest were caught off guard and didn't expect it. Um, and yeah, so it was a great start for us. Excellent. Obviously, uh, unfortunately, you, you conceded uh, you know two goals and you found yourselves behind uh, midway through the second half. Two fantastic goals from, from their point of view. Uh, how delighted were you when, when Churchill notches with only a few minutes left? And for you, was it a deserved equaliser? Um, to be honest, I, I'm not sure it was a deserved equaliser. It was a bit against her on the play. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we find ourselves 2-1 down and like, the frustration was kicking in. And I mean, the two the two goals the boys scored were just... I mean, I don't think he'll score two better goals in a single game ever again. I mean, they were <laughs> both absolute beauties. Um, and you're kind of... Uh, we were on the back foot at the time when they went 2-1 up. Um, they deserved to go in front. And that, after that, we just sort of had to stick together um, just try and catch them out on the break. We knew they were slow at the back. If we could get in behind them, if we could get at them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and Churchy's goal was just brilliant. And um, pleased for him because I know he's he's not played much recently. Been out injured and he's struggled to get back in the team because other boys have been done doing well. Yeah. But we know he can cause defence problems, and that's what he done. And he took his goal brilliantly. And then after that, I thought we could have even went on to win it. Wow. Wow. So. Uh... Yeah, it sets up a obviously sets up a, a, re, a replay mark down at uh, the Christie Gillis. Uh, you know, you've played them now. You've seen what they're like over the ninety minutes. There, there's no surprises now. Uh, what do what do civil service have to do to get through the next round? I think we just have to go into the game with no fear. I mean, we know we can be we can beat them. Um, I think for a couple of boys, I don't know how many of the boys have played in Scottish Cup matches before or played mm-hmm. against um, Highland teams or not so much played against them but maybe the travelling up there and yeah. what it's like to go up to a Highland team and play that and I'm not sure if maybe I, I don't know if it was just uh, you go a goal in front early you just sort of want to defend that lead I think I think that's kind of what we did we went 1-0 up we took our foot off the gas a bit we didn't keep going at them mm-hmm. we dropped back deeper and because it was such an early goal if you do that early on, then you're just inviting the pressure on, and yeah, of course. you can you, you can expect to obviously concede. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we just need to go into the to replay on Saturday and just start start the replay how we started um, the weekend there, and just try and if we get an early goal again, just don't take our foot off the gas, don't don't drop deeper, just keep getting at them. And I think um, I think if we're at it because we we didn't play our best. Um, I think if we do play our best, then we can can obviously get through the next round. So obviously, uh, just to recap what you're saying there, probably start the game how you started and finish the game. Uh, you know how you how you played on Saturday. Then the last sort of ten minutes, you, you started to to get a foothold again, and, and obviously the way you started, just look to do that over the over the ninety minutes. Obviously, yeah, we just need we just need sorry. consistent, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, because I think that's what was missing 
there we started the game well, finished the game well. It was just uh, in the middle. We just weren't good enough, yeah. um, and we know we can be better. Good. Well, it sets it up. Sets it up nice. Sets it up nicely for for a real a real interesting uh, tie on Saturday. Last question, Mark. Obviously, you've seen the draw. You must have seen that on the bus back down the road. Uh, I'm sure Gary Jardin is, is potentially sort of licking his lips at this. But how would it feel for you, obviously being a, a former member of City player, to to go if you get through, obviously to face them potentially in the next round of the Scottish Cup? Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually see the draw. Um, <laughs> we'd stopped off at Tesco just to get a bit of food and that for on the way back. Obviously, have a wee drink, um, and it wasn't until I got back on the bus, and then um, guys on the committee were like, "Me, have you seen the draw? Have you seen the draw?" I was like, "No, oh, what, what are you talking about?" It's like Edinburgh City. It's like, oh. I was like, "No, nah, you're lying in that." And I checked, <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, "I, I just, I, I'm buzzing for Saturday. I want us, can't wait for it, and just hope we get through so we get a chance to play them and be interesting to see." Obviously, there's been a lot of changes since I was there. Yeah, of course. Um, but there's still a few faces that I know there, and it'll be good to see a few old faces there. But yeah. even more so to play against them and just to try and prove what what I can do and what the team can do. And it'll be a big if we were to go through, it would be a big test for us to see how far we have come as a team. Yeah. No, Mark. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for for joining me there. Um, we do here at the Ember of Football podcast. We do wish you all the best for for Saturday, and hopefully that the team can can play the game and maybe not just play the occasion and think maybe too far ahead. I think if you you stay focused and like you say, start well and, and can keep that consistency going through the match, you've got a real good chance of getting through to the next round. And we wish you all the luck. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Great interview there, Callum, with, with Mark, and a, a real good insight into his thoughts on, on their weekend's game there against Forrest. A two-all draw, uh, you know, you take the lead, you think that's, that's brilliant, an early lead, uh, then to go 2-1 down midway through the second half to get a shot of replay, it's a great result for them, really. It's a fantastic result. What did we say? I think I must have mentioned it about 20 times that they had to keep it tight going up there, and they took the lead. Instead, they were they were brilliant to go up there get the lead it's a lovely header as well he just runs off his man and absolutely no chance for the keeper and what a start it was for him yeah Laird actually getting his second goal of the season a headed goal a few weeks ago against Cumbernauld so I don't think he scores many but uh, an important one anyway yeah very important really good start the equaliser from from uh, Pollock uh, for Forrest was an absolute screamer two screamers in the game but we speak about the first one yeah uh, what 25 yards out posting in I had another 10 on or something. It was an absolute raker. Yeah. Like, it just seemed to just, it was like a missile. It went so straight. Yeah. And then off the post and in, just, yeah, wow. Leaving, leaving Rankin with uh, absolutely no chance. Midway through the second half, Callum, and he, he got another another worldie. Sort of came from a sort of corner, Callum, sort of half cleared, put back into the box, and then what a finish. Oh, it's an absolute standing finish. I mean, exactly what Mark was saying. They've scored two goals that, just you, they'll not score two better. That it was just they were just took my breath away watching them. Yeah, it was a a, a scissor kick volley from the edge of the box right into the top corner. You, you don't even see it go in; it moves that fast. Yeah, it's just like it's, right across, you know, just an unbelievable it's a fantastic, finish. Fantastic strike. But you know, as, as Mark was saying, you look at the highlights and you think maybe Civil were banging on the door type thing. The Scottish Cup highlights are quite quite brief, but you thought maybe Civil came back into it, but. He was saying it's maybe a bit undeserved. He thought maybe he could have fallen behind maybe further. But 
from Seville's point of view, it's a great equaliser. That's a fantastic equaliser. They, man- they managed to stop the attack on their own 18-yard line, get the ball forward, and it's a fantastic run from his own half from Churchill, and it's a great finish as well. Yeah. Perhaps if we look ahead to, to this weekend, Callum, for the, for the replay, that goal in itself, for me, is something maybe Civil should look to exploit. The Forest don't look the quickest at the back, especially no. that, that, that I don't know if he's the left set of half or the left back, but he was, well, to be nice, probably towing caravans a little bit. I'm not going to lie, I could probably get into the team. <laughs> a good bit. race. Uh, give him a good foot race um, because fastest feet I won that when I'm primary six, so still got <laughs> that. But uh, they're very, very slow at the back, so get get at them with pace and you saw the reward uh, late in the game on Saturday so it'll be the same again I think Forrest will probably change their game plan being away from home they might sit deep but uh, let's be honest the boys not going to score another two screeners like he did last week so <laughs> well, well it's highly unlikely that he does <laughs> so I'd, I'd fancy Civil to come through and if they do it's a fantastic tie that's waiting for them yeah a real yeah, that in itself is a real prize for, for, for Civil if they were to get through. You know, I think Gary, the thought of going back and, and facing up against his old team at Edinburgh City will really have him excited. And I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll get his, uh, his, his Civil side right up for that as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly like what Mark was saying to to show City what he can do, etc. And there's a few ex-City boys in that Civil team. So it'll be, it'll be a tasty encounter if they get through. And I really hope that they do. Yeah. Fingers crossed, and as, as we said, and I said that in the interview there, us, us both here on the Emberfield podcast do wish civil service all, all the best uh, this weekend. Carl Member Uni, they were in Scottish Cup duty last weekend to Whitehill, and it's a, a disappointing disappointing result for them. They went out, they got beat, got beat one nil. Uh, I think you were you were saying it was either going to be a moment of brilliance or a, or a mistake that's probably going to open there. Yeah, I think it was it was a very tight game. Both teams sort of looked very evenly matched. I think. Whitehill's league position is a bit false. They don't they don't look like they should be down there, and I don't think they will be come the end of the season. But they they sort of cancelled each other out, and then what an absolute peach of a strike yeah. from the boy Keane that just flies into the net. It just yeah. I mean the angle is unbelievable. Eh? Yeah, like thank God the boy doing the highlights was standing there at Rosewell because that starts so far outside the post and bends in. Yeah. Absolutely no chance for the uni keeper and it was the sort of moment of magic to get them through which they they were lucky to get probably but it's a poor result for the uni but they were unlucky to work. Yeah, then a couple of half chances. Uh, the boys had, uh, had a shot at Emmanuel's shot just just goes wide, maybe a foot wide, and then he had also another chance later on. The keeper makes a decent block. He comes out, closes the angle. It's a good block actually. Uh, on another day, they could probably have sneaked a replay. But if you're going to score a winner in a Scottish Cup, a Scottish Cup game, then the boy Keane, you certainly do it in that fashion. You know, yeah. it's an absolute world day. Really. Reminded me of Griffiths against Falkirk in the four three. Yeah, it was just very very just much an like absolute that. Absolute strike. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and fair play to. Him. Cam, it looks like I've tried to look. It looks like Ember Uni have got a free weekend this weekend. Dalbiti, who they were due to play, uh, they drew with Kelty in the Scottish Cup. So Dalbiti have a replay this weekend. So it looks as though Ember Uni have a have a free week. Callum, it was a low league duty for for Spartans last week against East Kilbride. We said it was the it was going to be a great game. 
first versus second. It was imperative that Spartans didn't lose the game, and they didn't do nil nil. And you were at the game, so you know what. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I went along to Ainsley Park on Saturday there, expecting a really good game to two teams that have a high reputation in the Lowland League, and there was one team that played up to their reputation, and another that I was just second by. I swear to God, I have no idea that I could have hated a team as quickly as I have with East Kilbride. They, I called Aberdeen a gang earlier in the season, but my God, East Kilbride are the epitome of a gang. They are absolutely woeful. They have this ridiculous superiority complex that they came through with as if, oh, we're just going to breeze aside Spartans. We're East Kilbride. We're fantastic. No, you aren't. You are absolutely pish. And you've warned me about swearing, and I'm doing my best not to, but I swear to God, they're so bad. The amount of times that they were in late on Spartans, and then any time Spartans put in a tackle, they went down as if they'd been shot. I could not believe what I was witnessing. The, just the arrogance of some of the players, they, they're awful. They're really, really bad. There's a few standout players for East Kilbride that just so far off mm-hmm. where, how good they think they are and how good they actually are. Because I, sw- I swear to God, I would love to get signed by one of the Edinburgh teams in the only <laughs> for a five-minute cameo. And, I mean, I'd get sent off for the second challenge, but I'd ruin two boys' careers. <laughs> and that's honestly the hatred that I have for East Kilbride. They're just they're brutal. One team tried to play football, and it was Spartans. And Spartans, if Jack Smith had been playing two or three now, comfortable, they, they missed a couple of great chances. Jason Stevens has to score. He's eight yards out and he blazes over at the end of the first half. He has to score. <laughs> it's a great opportunity. There was one where he, he charged down a clearance, but they couldn't get it worked out. It's just they were so much better in possession. Maybe it's an off day for East Bite. Maybe it is. But having watched them, they are just the epitome of that West Coast, we're better. Brian Kerr. Is an absolute right. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think for me, probably we spoke about how the importance of Spartans perhaps not losing the game. Maybe East Kilbride have come through with the same mindset. You know, come through a point. It's not a bad result for them either because they know if they win their game in hand, calm, they go two points clear at the top. Deserve a point. Yeah, well, maybe they didn't deserve, but they might have come away and gone. You know, we'll take that away from home. Bit of an off day. A point's probably a good a good result for them. I know what you're saying. I know they didn't really create anything in the game. No, Carswell had a very, very comfortable game. There was a couple of cross balls in the area that he dealt with very well. But he had a couple of shots that were right at him that absolutely yeah, comfortable. very comfortable. His distribution, though, on Saturday, that's, that's one thing I f- forgot to mention. It was absolutely brilliant. I don't know how many times he was zinging balls that it was landing exactly where it should have been. He was mm-hmm. just... It was absolutely brilliant. I don't think I've seen a performance like that since I've watched you in goals, but <laughs> um, it was Spartans. I feel like it's an opportunity missed for them. I really think that they could have they could have got the three points there. They're unlucky not to be at full strength with um, Smith missing out. Smith yeah. missing out, and I think Brown was away as well. But it just uh, just 
<laughs> you were impressed, you were impressed with a few few Spanish players on, on Saturday, Callum. You said that Adam Corbett, you were obviously impressed with Cardwell distribution. Yeah. You thought Adam Corbett had a good game at the Yeah, I thought half? he was uh, brilliant at centre half. I didn't actually realise that he was so young. Yeah. When after I only found that out after the game, but I thought he was very good. I thought the two boys in another park, Subo and David Greenhill, were very good. I actually thought Spartans were very good all over the park, if I'm yeah. honest. The first time I've really seen them this season, but I thought they were they were very good and they got into a rhythm. Just on another they, day, they could have won. Yeah, on another day, it could have been exactly like Hearts. They could have been three or four because. There's a couple of chances, like uh, Dissington hit a header over, which sort of just can't get over it enough and it sails over the bar. There was, Willie Bremner had a couple of opportunities. It was just, it was so close for them, but just not. Not quite really, But the, the one big chance felt to Jason Stevens and Good deal it was right it. on the stroke of half time. It should have been. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably, both teams probably fairly happy with a point. Opportunity missed for Spartans, perhaps. Um, East Cobride will probably see it. I think they'll probably come away saying we've not played well today, but they haven't lost clean sheets. So they'll, they'll, I think they'll come away fairly happy. Both teams probably disappointed, but then also fairly happy as well. Uh, this weekend for Spartans, it's a free week. They were due to play civil service strollers. Obviously, they're in, in, they've got a replay this weekend. So a free week for Spartans. And uh, yeah, that's probably all we've got to, to speak about here. On next episode, we will have September uh, Edinburgh. Football Podcast September Player of the Month, so there's certainly going to be a few candidates there. Yeah, more to be, a few names there. Yeah, a few names, so more to be revealed uh, on next episode. But I've been Andrew. I've been Cal. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast.